Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's get ready for another week of Southern Miss Sports Talk on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us this afternoon. We're broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg at Laurel. Bob Kelly and Luke, we're glad you're with us. Great show today. Jay Ladner, men's basketball coach on the program today. Lee Roberts, color analyst for the radio network. Uh, Southern Miss Radio Network will be on the show as well. We're going to talk basketball. We're going to talk, uh, obviously, about the bowl game and uh, and much more. Just got confirmation, and uh, we'll get all this clear through sports information. But uh, Will Hall on the radio show tomorrow to uh, give us a wrap-up of the football season. Of course, Golden Eagles win 38-24 over Rice Saturday night down in Mobile. Finished the year with seven wins and a bowl victory. And Kelly Sander, if we just had at the start of the year seven wins and a bowl victory, we'd all said yes, we'll take it. In a minute, get the car started and let's get going. Right? right. Uh, it was, and you know, the Eagles turned it over a, a, more than they would like to, too. I mean, and still won by fourteen points. That's, that shows you how superior of a team uh, right. they were in that particular uh, effort on Saturday. Frank Gore breaks a school and bowl record with 329 yards rushing. He was quite phenomenal. And uh, I don't want to take anything away from him, Luke. He was fantastic, but so was the offensive line. Gore did a lot of juking uh, back in the defensive backfield and, and made a, got a lot of guys look foolish. But he ran through some huge lines that were opened, uh, particularly in the second half, by the o- offensive line. Well, I mean, Rice's defense didn't see that uh, that way, guys, after the game. <laughs> One of their defensive linemen said, Frank Gore Jr. is only as good as you let him think he is. And they were blaming it on their over-pursuit and all this stuff. Mm. When a offensive line and a running back shreds you for 329 yards, tip your cap and acknowledge you got you got manhandled. And, and that's what happened. Um, some of these cutbacks that he had are just, you know, the, the, at the line of scrimmage, the ability. I mean, he had multiple options on multiple plays. And what can we say about, you know, Kasten making some some clutch catches, even uh, caught one, and, and I think he, he was knocked out for the rest of the game. Brownlee w- was was tremendous. Um, Ty Mims uh, got open on that. But really, really for me, the, the key point was after Rice came back and tied it and then went ahead, um, Will Hall said after the game, you know, it was just kind of a normal game, <laughs> you know, for us. And so some of these, uh, you know, Tight games, I think it really uh, helped the Eagles uh, down the stretch. But, yeah, Frank Gore in the offensive line really put an exclamation point um, on, on what's been a, a really good and yet frustrating season at times. I was glad to see it. 
What a what a difference a year makes that this seems like those three win seasons are in the rearview mirror now. Really starting if you go back to the baseball season, then forward to football, now into basketball. Has there ever been a twelve month period where Manita has been so good to be an Eagle fan? Pretty good, no doubt about it. Well, let's hear what uh, let's hear what Coach Hall had to say after the uh, big bowl victory Saturday night. Yeah, you know, I thought we came out and played a dominant first half. You know, defensively, offensively, and in the kicking game. And in the third quarter, you know, they drove it and scored to start the, the second half, which is what, you know, good teams that are well coached do. And then, we, you know, we had a bad turnover, and they were able to score in one drive. And so then it's boom, it's tied. And, man, our kids, you know, I mean, we're just used to it. I mean, that's what we do. We play close games. We played, we played 13 games this year. 12 of them were close. And uh, we didn't bat an eye. We kept battling uh, and got, threw the super back in there. Frank made another play like he does. And uh, Ty Mims got loose. Uh, of course, they held Brownlee on the one before. And uh, you don't want to say something about Jason Brownlee. You know, Jason uh, stuck through it at Southern Miss through some really tough times. We had a lot of tumultuous turnover at quarterback. Not a lot of receivers would do that. And Frank will tell you, he gets an assist tonight because they, they double-covered him most of the night, which allowed us to have hats in the run game. And uh, he's going to be rewarded for that at some point in life because any time you choose others above yourself, it always wins in the long run. It doesn't win in the short term. And there's very few people left that choose others above themselves anymore. But he did, and uh, he had a really good year. Uh, he didn't have the, as great a year as we wanted because we couldn't get him the ball as much. But uh, it wasn't because of him, man. He's uh, He's got a bright future, and I'm just proud of him and all our players. Yeah, Brownlee, offensive MVP of the game. And uh, not that what I say matters uh, a hill of beans, but uh, I humbly apologize from earlier in the year saying these kids should not be referred to as the nasty bunch. They indeed became synonymous with the kind of defensive play that founded the nasty bunch. And again... When the game got on the line, the defensive line took over the game. And you could just see them. You know, we've talked, we've used the cliches like licking their chops and mouth-watering. Man, they took off after that poor little freshman. He, he didn't know. And took him out. <laughs> he sure did, man. I kind of, <laughs> you know, you rarely feel bad for an opponent. You respect all opponents. But I, I felt bad for that poor kid because I know how I would feel uh, as a grown man having those guys come after me with a full head of steam. Yeah, took him out before it was all before it was all said. You look at what we what we did on defense. Um, so, not just Dalen Gill was the defensive player of the game. Yeah, I mean, he was great. Eric Scott may have made one of the best plays of the game with the breakup at the end, but but Gill, of course, named there by by the ball. Eleven tackles, three tackles for loss, three sacks on the night. Um, let's see what we had. We had seven tackles for loss, five sacks. But here's here's a, another part: four, six, seven, eight. Eight pass breakups, and then this is another one to look at, two, four, six, seven quarterback hurries. I will give Padgett uh, his due. I mean, you talk about a kid that that played this really good defense um, in his second career start. He threw for 295 yards and three touchdowns. But, Bob, to your point, they hit him and hit him and hit him all night. I was surprised he didn't throw an interception. Um, But kudos to him. But, but yeah, I mean – the guys on the back end had some uh, some great plays. Cam Harrell probably will go back and look at that as as a play he doesn't want to ever make again on the pass interference. But man, you talk about how can, what can we say about Dalen Gill? One year to play from Louisville, Mississippi, comes in from Ole Miss. 
You have Maples and Bozeman that go down. And who steps up? Dalen Gill and finishes his no career at Southern Miss a great way. And that's proud of my man Malik Shorts, headhunter back there at safety. Don't come across the middle and think you're going to catch a pass without getting tattooed by Malik. And, you know, I, I was really surprised that they even – even called that, tar- you know, the initial call was, was targeting. Clearly, just a shot. He went in with his shoulder. Yeah. you know. So I'm glad yeah. that justice was done there. But Luke, who was who was our safety that uh, that just clobbered Paget on that blitz? Um, there, like in the in the fourth quarter. Do you remember? Uh, came in. I think it was. Oh, so co- oh, it was a cornerback blitz. It yeah, was Michael Caraway Jr. Yeah, Caraway. He, he's a backup corner, and he kind of stung his shoulder a little bit. He just straight ran off the field. But yeah. <laughs> He came, they brought, I think they brought, we just had four, the four D linemen. And what they did was Quiwan on the right end took the tackle out of play. And so they, they shot inside. And so this, there's a gap that opened between the guard and the tackle and Caraway shot right in. And, and I mean, when Caraway hit him, you saw Padgett get up and like in the cartoons, the little birds going yeah, around, uh, going around his head. It was head. like watching the old nasty bunch, how they used to just punish quarterbacks. Yeah. They did it. All right. Two minutes left in the segment. Great win. We're going to have Coach Hall on. We're going to talk more about the game later uh, with Lee Roberts. Got to mention this. A lot of people upset, some more than others, about the halftime performance of the Rice Band, and I know, Kelly, you asked me to give you a minute to comment on it. I just, you know, when you look at the script of the Rice Band and, you know, they were doing this this Christmas presentation and one of the in part of the script they talk about, you know, oh, little Susie or whatever, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know, wanted a volleyball court, but, you know, where is Santa going to find the money? Maybe one of his buddies knows the governor of Mississippi or on and on and on. I know some people... You know, it might might have thought it was just kind of. Fun. I thought it was in very poor taste, um, and I really don't get too upset over stuff like that. But here, you got a rare opportunity to spotlight your band in a national, national, you know, theater like that, and you go and take shots at at Southern Miss. By the way, our, the football players had nothing to do with any of that stuff going on off the field, no. and I just, I just had. The greatest amount of respect for Rice until that. I just thought that was really, really cool. Uh, there was, they had the uh, you know twelve days of Christmas. They should have played that song because that's how many band members they had on the field yeah. while they were doing you know, all that. But I say, I say, good riddance to Rice. Go enjoy yourself wherever you're going. We've had enough of you. By the time it was over, we were dominating you in baseball and now football. So Yeah, I used to kind of joke and call it Crap Friends USA. Now I call it Classless USA. Bob, we, we do find it interesting, though, that Kelly took offense to anything at all. It's the first time, and I've known Kelly a long time. I don't think he's ever been offended by anything. If you're going to take a shot at the football team, go ahead. But football players had nothing to do with any of that stuff. And they, I, also, they also, it, it may have been in the pregame, they kind of like nuance the creation story from like Genesis, which I found to be like, what are we doing? They they yeah. did that to yeah it was, yeah anyway thirty eight twenty four guys right. good riddance to the losers. I'll tell you who's not losers: the basketball team eleven and one curb stomp another opponent yesterday. Had a great conversation uh, with Jay Ladner after the game. Going to bring all of that to you next on the Eagle Hour.
Southern Miss to the top. Hey, Dickie's Barbecue, a great place. Uh, you still got time to cater, if not Christmas, certainly a New Year's Eve deal. Dickie's Barbecue would be a great place for you to call. We appreciate all they've done with us all year long. They're great supporters of Southern Miss Athletics and this program, and we're grateful to them for that. As we are for our dear friend Kathleen at Campus Bookmark, there is still time for you to do some Christmas shopping there. They're on Hardy Street right across from the campus. You can also shop them online at Campus Bookmark. I hate I missed her. I was out when uh, Miss Kathleen was on. Am I right about that? Yeah, she had t- told us about all the, the bowl T-shirts and special hours, you know, for people headed down to Mobile. And, uh, and, and if- It was when the storms were coming in, and so they were in the basement, which we commented, there's such a huge <laughs> basement because they have so much inventory at Campus She did Bookmark. it from the basement. We, well, they actually found Jimmy Hoffa down there, Bob. Did they really? Yeah. I'm glad he finally turned up <laughs> just in time for the holidays. <laughs> 11, that's the number of wins the Southern Miss men's basketball team has after yesterday's 86-67 win over McNeese State. The Eagles uh, are off to only their third 11-1 start in program history. It was just another great – it was pretty – actually, it was a pretty tough, hard-fought game yeah. until about midway through the second half, and that's when the Golden Eagles uh, pulled away. Huge game uh, from Mo Arnold, Felipe Hase, enormous as always. DeAndre Pinkney's really having a good year. I say 19 points, Pinkney 18. So after the game, I had an opportunity to sit down uh, with head coach Jay Ladner in his office uh, after all the furor had died down and talk to him about this 11-1 start, everything he's been through, and what's in store for this basketball team. Here's our conversation with uh, Coach. All right, Coach Jay Ladner on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. And, Coach, you took, a, you took a lot of heat last year, and I thought a lot of it was really unfounded, in just my opinion. And I just think that uh, uh, you, you took more than you should have. You're now 11-1, and one, one of the best stories in college basketball right now. How, how gratifying is this? Well, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you, Bob, it it it, uh, it, it there was nobody hurting worse than me. Um, I'm from Hattiesburg. Um, of course, grew up bleeding black and gold. My parents both worked at the university. I was fortunate to be able to come over here and play on some really good teams. I always like to say I was I had some really good teammates. And and to think, you know, to to hear people uh, criticize and so forth. Of course, some of that goes with the territory. Um, it was hurtful, and uh, but but again, we tried to put on blinders and earmuffs and stay focused on our job. I knew we were doing things the right way. Um, we had good kids in our program, even last year. I had good kids in our program. We had some tough luck, but you know nobody wants to hear about excuses and things like that. You know, but we actually got off to a really good start last year. We were four and two, and we were playing Montana at Montana in the championship of their tournament when Tay Hardy got hurt. Of course, we didn't. It didn't that didn't seem to matter to a certain a certain element of people. But I want to flip it around. The people that that I'm motivated for us to continue this turnaround is are the people that believed in us and people like yourself and Kelly Sander and Luke and, and you guys have been very you've, you've 
been y'all probably taken your share of the heat too because you you it somewhat defend not somewhat but defended us and and um, but I, I always have got very I've got a lot of confidence and that I, I felt I knew that we were headed in the right direction and of course now we we were very fortunate in the off season to have a couple of key transfers but we also had a great group of guys that were loyal on our team and I don't think they're getting enough credit either Bob the ones that stuck it out because they've been through some tough times too not just. Jay Ladner, those guys have been through some tough times. DeAndre Pinckney, Tyler Mormon, Mo Arnold, Denajay Harris, Jeff Armstrong, you know, uh, uh, of course, Tate Ryder, uh, Trey Alfonso. Those guys came back, you know, and, and that's, that, I, that, that's motivating to me. And, of course, we've got some great young men that have transferred into our program. So, you know, I don't want to say in any way we're vindicated because we, we've still got a long way to go. But, gosh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I don't have any kind of attitude where, hey, you know, look at – I proved this to you because you know I, I'm, we're going we're going the same people that crit. With, I'll be honest with you, by there's people that I know that have been very openly critical are now acting like oh I told you I told you we were going to turn it around and that so you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. I I don't get too too caught up in the in in the criticism nor do I get too caught up in the in the, the maybe false praise. So I'm I'm just a part of the program. Of course I'm the leader of the program, but by the same token we've got a great staff and a great group of young men. We have got a great university and that's that's the motivation is is Southern Miss basketball to me needs to be back on the national scene and and that's our goal and vision and we're working that hard every day. Our coaching staff did last year and our coaching staff did this year and the players believe that too. I had this question asked of me a lot, actually asked of me today. How good will the Sun Belt teams be and how competitive can we be in the yeah. Sun Belt? How do they how do those teams overall stack up to the best teams that you've played so far? Yeah, uh, you know, first of all, I, and, and you've heard me say this before, Bob, and I've said it on your show, Conference USA basketball, you know, our, the league that we're leaving left. Uh, was really good and it was underrated nationally and I never thought it got the respect that it should have and the number of bids to the tournament and so forth and we just and and I'm, there's no reason for me I'm not criticizing I'm just calling it like I saw it and there's really no drop off at all into the Sun Belt and and if you look at it of course in the league now 14 teams every team is highly competitive I mean it's going to be it's going to be one of those leagues that everybody's going to beat up on each other so you got to be able to take care of your business at home and and it could be a situation where the the, the number one seed may be tied and they may be 11 and 7 and, and there'll be two or three teams tied and they have tiebreakers but I know it's, it's going to be incredibly tough we know that and uh, and and you know it'll be my first time through with a lot of the teams you know uh, of course I'm familiar with my Monroe, familiar with South Alabama, familiar with Lafayette, but a lot of the other teams I've never had any experience playing. So it's it, we've got our hands full. I know that, and we've played a tough non-conference schedule. Of course, we finish up with UNLV um, come this Thursday night to wrap our non-conference schedule out. And everything that we've done so far is to help us prepare to play in league play. But we know it's going to be tough. All right, is the ULV UNLV game? It's important in what ways to your program? I think it's important and and just it you know, I just said that our vision was to get Southern Miss basketball, uh, and it has been from day one, for us to return to our rightful place of relevance nationally in men's basketball. And, and, and of course, it's 
taken a, a little bit to get there. And of course, we, you know, we, we were able to go to upset Vanderbilt earlier in the year. And then we went to Liberty and upset. So, you know, after the Vanderbilt game, all oh, Vanderbilt overlooked them, you know, so you hear that. And then, then you go to Liberty. And of course, we, we survive a 26-0 run and, and win at one of the toughest environments to play in in college basketball at Liberty and against a very good team, NCAA, perennial NCAA team. We beat them. Then we go to Cancun and we play two good teams down there, win that tournament. But it's all always like we're having to prove something and, and this is another opportunity for us when we if we talk about wanting to elevate the status of our program nationally it would help us in recruiting but of course a lot of basketball people nationally are going to be looking at the game because UNLV's 11 and 1 they lost their first game last night on, on a last second shot to the University of San Francisco who's really good and of course we're 11 and 1 and and we get an opportunity to go out there and and to to say hey you know Southern Miss it, is, is making progress toward toward our vision toward getting back on a national level and and that's what we want to do we you know coach Turk I wish coach was here I, I you know everybody anybody of course we're sitting you know you're looking at pictures of him right now and how much he means to me but I know he's watching from upstairs and and he's proud of what's going on and um, and and so I want it to get back to where it was when coach Turk was here all right, Coach. Merry Christmas and good luck at Merry UNLV. Merry Christmas to y'all, Bob, and thank you again for, for y'all and y'all's support of us. Head basketball coach Jay Ladner, they'll play uh, UNLV Thursday night. Should be exciting. Both teams 11-1, so that's pretty good. Time. Pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of like the old when People would say, look, I don't care if people are talking good about me or bad about me as long as they're talking about me. Well, people are talking about Southern Miss basketball again. And if they go out there and beat UNLV and start 12-1, and and that's the last game before conference play. So I just really think, and Juan Cardona said at the beginning of the year, they're going to win the conference. Well, we'll see, but boy, they're good. They they are. They yeah. sure are. All right, look, how about those ladies go to California? Is California dreaming, buddy? I mean, they knock off both California teams and uh, and come back with big big smiles on their faces. Yeah, played great defense. Only gave up 45 against UC Irvine won that game 50 to 45 and then beat Long Beach State 56 to 50. Kind of looking at at each game. Um, Lady Eagles were uh, down um, in, in the first game. Or, I'm sorry, they were up at halftime. I apologize. They were up at halftime. And this is an Irvine team that was 6-2. and two. Um, So they, they win 50-45. to 45. You look at what some of, uh, some of the players did. Dom Davis with 13 points. Grayson had 17 points again with seven rebounds. So Lady Eagles won that one, and then they turned around and, and beat Long Beach State, uh, who was 5-3 and three on the year. Lady Eagles won the fourth quarter 22 22- to 11 to win 56 uh, to, to 50 in that game dom davis 20 points and uh, cornfield added 13 as well good stuff for the lady eagles could not be happier and it looks like both teams are clicking on all cylinders just before you get into conference play here right. so things are looking up all right lee roberts has been with us all year he's the color analyst of course for southern miss uh, football radio network he'll join us give his observations of the bowl game and the year and all stuff Southern Miss football. Stay with us.
You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for sponsoring this segment of the Eagle Hour. They've been with us all year long as well. We're grateful to Slade and all those great guys. Great place for you to have lunch Monday through Friday. Watch all the big ball games over the holidays. I'm sure every bowl game will be on TV. Great food at night. Of course, all kinds of good adult beverages. And the biggest uh, selection of Southern Miss memorabilia you'll find anywhere it's all in the shadow of the rock at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill. We appreciate everything uh, those guys do, as well as Mo Beignet, Mo Beignet, which joined us uh, this year and uh, continue with us into the new year as an Eagle Hour sponsor and a great place. You do a lot of Christmas shopping right now. Great place to take a break. Enjoy some delicious beignets, a hot coffee or a cold one if you like. They're located on Hardy Street right across from the campus. And uh, Merry Christmas to everyone uh, from Mo Beignet. Lee Roberts is a great friend of ours and certainly no stranger to the Eagle Hour. He's with us every week during football season. And, uh, Lee, it's all over now. Seven wins, bowl game, really sweet way uh, to end the year. Your overall thoughts about uh, about year two under Will Hall? You know, I, I felt like, obviously, what we were able to do this year or what the team was able to do this year was, was phenomenal. Uh, I mean, a couple games throughout the year that could have gone our way, a couple that possibly could have gone – the other direction, but at the end of the day, a winning season of, you know, bowl champs, uh, super excited for what Will Hall and his staff has, has been able to do. And, you know, when you sit at six and six on the year, and if you don't get to go to a bowl game, people think, Hey, six and six, not bad. You know, but when you win a bowl game and you improve to above 500, that's phenomenal. And on the flip side, if you don't win Saturday's game, then, uh, you're looking at an under 500 year. So that bowl game was, in in many regards, a huge game, a huge win, and again, just uh, super proud of what the guys have done this year. And you know, I mean, defensively, I thought this year, um, you know, outside of really one game, I felt like they played really, really good football from start to finish. You know, a couple of plays here and there, obviously, and you know, they're a defense that they can they take risks, so they're going to give up some plays. And then, obviously, offensively, I felt like. You know, throughout the year, multiple quarterback play, superback play, I felt like we, we improved again, not a huge number offensively for, for anybody. And, um, but hey, you pick up seven wins and a positive, uh, positive on the year, obviously. So super excited what they were able to accomplish. Don't want to take anything away from Gore. He was, of course, magnificent, but uh, you know, a much maligned group over the last couple of years has been the offensive line. I thought those kids finished the year in grand style. Gore broke into the secondary, running through one huge hole after another. Well, you know, and that's the thing. I mean, what well, Frank did, 329 yards on Saturday, you, you can't do that if the offensive line is not working their tails off. And, yeah, so big holes. And a lot of those times he was he was untouched. I mean, he's a, he's a great back that has great vision, you know, can slow play a, a run and then hit the hole is super fast. And when he gets to that second level, he showed Saturday that he could he could outrun some guys and get some guys turned around in the backfield as well. But yeah, great job by Coach Sam Gregg and what he was able to do this year under his first year as the offensive line coach. And you know, a lot of a lot more experience with those guys. Felt like a very needed area where we needed to improve, and we did. I mean, a, a great year run the football. We um, at times able to protect the quarterback and be successful there as well. So great job to the offensive line and Coach Gregg for what they were able to do. And turnovers, you know, bit the Eagles a little bit, but but overall, 
quarterback play became more consistent the last two or three games of the year with Trelo in there uh, pulling the trigger. Lee, with all these quarterbacks now, you know, looking at Southern Miss through the transfer portal, is it is it generally assumed, and we'd be speculating, of course, that Trelo is indeed not coming back next year? You know, I'm really not sure. I'm going to just speak to what Trey was able to do real fast, and I'll kind of answer and talk okay. more on that. But, yeah, the last five games, I felt like offensive play was, was much better because of what Trey Lowe was able to add. And, again, once he was able to get healthy and really gain confidence, and especially Coach Hall, what he was able to do is gain confidence in him as well. And you saw that you know, him two touchdown drives against Georgia State obviously fell short there, but – you know, three-point loss to Coastal Carolina, seven-point loss to South Alabama, two really, really good teams. You know, and then he finished the year with two wins as a quarterback and, you know, able to get bowl eligible and then to win a bowl game. So I thought his play was, was great at the time. I felt like he managed the game. You know, statistically was not huge, but he did a good job protecting the football. No turnovers as far as interceptions on, on Saturday. You know, so he did participate in senior day. He does have eligibility left. I think that's just one of those things he's going to have to sit down with Coach Hall and, you know, kind of look at what the quarterback room looks like and, you know, see where he fits in. And, you know, you'd love to say that he'd come back because he's technically the starter right now and he's going to bring a wealth of experience to anybody who joins that quarterback room. So really can't speak on what he will do. I'd love to see him come back, obviously, just because the way he progressed throughout the year. Luke? I had to Lee kind of, uh, I don't know, think through what I was watching um, late third, early fourth with Frank. And I guess the 55-yard the touchdown was the last carry of the game for him. And I just turned to somebody and I said, he's at 274. DeJarnette's at 304. He needs 35 yards to have the greatest game in school history. And then all of a sudden he busted for 55. And then we started realizing this just wasn't a Southern Miss record. This was the greatest rushing performance in a bowl in college football history in, in FBS. I, I guess as a, you know, as a former player, did, did you find yourself basically at some point in that game saying this is historic? Well, you know, Jack Duggan came down to our booth and kind of told me that, hey, he just, you know, broke the single season, you know, record, I think the last time. Over 200 yards was, I don't remember, in a bowl game, 2004, 2005, I think, in um, New Orleans Bowl, if I, if I remember correctly. And then, obviously, beating Edo Smith's record. And then, of course, beating Dee Jarnett's record as well. I mean, yeah, it was, a, it was a history night. And you couldn't be more proud of that young man. Again, what he was called upon to do this year, uh, a very selfless player. And when he was running super back, he did as good as he could do and was very uh, a big plus for the offense, and then obviously running the football. Man, you just can't – you got to just sit back and think, man, what a fun night that was to watch him and probably would never experience anything like that again. But for him to set that record and to, to own that now, it's it's really, really cool. And right after the game, Frank uh, basically said, put the, the transfer rumors to rest. We're going to run it back one more time. And um, you, you look forward. You're, you're going to lose Brownlee. And I, I think people, Lee, in four or five years will look back and say, this was a top ten receiver in in Southern Miss history. I think one day his name will be mentioned as that as what we were, what we watched him. But but moving forward, um, 
how do you what what do you think this team's capable of in in twenty three? You know, with Maples and Bozeman coming back, so got to wait to see on shorts. You do lose key pieces. You get a a, a defensive line transfer um, from Arkansas that just uh, committed over the weekend. With a lot of the front, you know, seven coming back, what do you think this team's capable of in twenty three? Man, I think this defense has got a chance to be even better than what we were this year. Yeah, you you mentioned uh, Hayes, Maples, and Swayze Bozeman. You know, getting that extra year. You'll lose Dalen Gill and Sandra Latham, so almost kind of a wash there. Um, and, and you got to think there's going to be some some transfers and some younger guys step in as well. Uh, but I think defensively, we're going to be really, really good again next year. That's just an emphasis I think that Coach Hall always, you know, wants to, you know, put on. I mean, obviously he wants to have a quarterback, wants to have offensive line play, and a really, really good defense. And other things will start to fall in place. And I think Coach Armstrong is going to continue to build that defense the way he likes and. Um, I'm just—it's kind of amazing that this year's defense was much better than last year because I thought last year we had a really good year, and I just expect us fully to continue to be better each and every year on the defensive side, and, and that's exactly what we can do. Well, maybe if Trey Lowe does indeed not return, he'll room with Gabe Montenegro at the Claiborne. Here, <laughs> Doctor Trey Lowe. Yes, probably. that's right, Doctor Trey Lowe. Yeah. 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 yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> All right, Lee, I saw you up there last night at the top of the basketball arena doing the ESPN Plus uh, game. Basketball wins again, 11-1. and one. Uh, Coach Ladner's excited. The fans are excited. The players are excited. This could be a really unexpected and magical year. Am I correct? Yeah, I mean, you look at just 12 games in, and we've already won more games this year than what Coach Ladner's ever won in a, a season at Southern Miss, and Man, we haven't even really hit the tip of the iceberg as far as this season goes. And you, know, you talk about the excitement. These players, I mean, I'm not sure how early you were at the Coliseum yesterday, but, you know, when they finish their pregame routine and they get ready to run into the locker room before they come out for uh, player introductions, those guys sprint off the court. It's almost like it's, it's a race. And, you know, you look back and you think, man, these guys are just having fun. And that's really what it's all about. I mean, they're having fun. They're gelling as a team. Of course, they're making shots. They're playing good defense and a very, very tough defense as well. But, man, just a, a fun team, and it's it's exciting. And I just hope the fans continue to come out and start to fill that Coliseum because when Reed Green is, is packed, it is loud, and opponents don't like to come into an atmosphere like that. And we, we have a chance to have a really special year, so I'm excited about it. No question. Lee, we really appreciate you, buddy. We'll be talking to you throughout basketball season since you're doing the uh... – the ESPN stuff, and a Merry Christmas to you, and thank you for all you do for the Eagle Hour, my friend. Hey, appreciate you guys as well. Y'all are dear friends of mine, and uh, Merry Christmas to you as well. Enjoy your holidays. All right. Lee Roberts, everybody, on Super Talk Eagle Hour. We'll wrap up the Monday edition next. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Monday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. 
Christmas this weekend. Still got time. Need some last-second gifts, gift cards to the pro shop, gloves, bats, all of that, including uh, get some membership or uh, instruction. It's all there at DBAT and D1. DBATHattiesburg.com. Well, bowl victory. Lady Eagles 2-0 and in California. Uh, men 11-1. and Guys, it's time for, I guess, some baseball, and that's what uh, we found out today. Collegiate Baseball released its 2023 preseason All-American teams Monday morning, this morning, and two Southern Miss players, Tanner Hall and Christopher Sargent. Uh, both earned All-American preseason honors. Tanner Hall, a first-team preseason All-American. Sargent, a third-team preseason All-American. Both of those uh, by collegiate uh, baseball. Just in case uh, you want to know, this is courtesy of Jack Duggan. The Eagles uh, played in their 27th bowl game over um, the end uh, over the weekend, improved their overall record to 12 and 15, snapped a two-game bowl losing streak, and takes the lead in the all-time series against Rice, appropriately seven and six. Basketball uh, fell a little bit. Part of that, even though they won, part of it uh, was where McNeese was in the net rankings. But Southern Miss right now still top 30 in the country in net ranking. They are 29th. UNLV, with their loss to San Francisco, dropped to 59th, and those kind of move you know, day by day, every day. Um, but it looks like it sh- still should be a top 50, top 60 matchup uh, on Thursday as Southern Miss goes out uh, to Las Vegas. A couple transfers over the weekend. Um, we should tell you about this one uh, came in. Another Pensacola kid coming to Southern Miss, Eric Thomas, a defensive end uh, who has been at Arkansas the last couple years, he is now transferring to Southern Miss, should have three years to play. I think this one came in before uh, this weekend. Um, but anyway, offensive tackle from Mississippi State, 6'5", 292, originally from Lake Comorant, Mississippi. Uh, Gabe Cavazas um, is uh, now coming to Southern Miss. So, guys, important. Uh, both sides of the line of scrimmage is important as they've been this year. That's two pickups on either side of the, of the offensive and defensive lines. Lake Cormorant, mascot, anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Absolutely no idea. Tell me. <laughs> the Gators. The, the Gators. The uh, Gators of Lake Cormorant. Yeah. All right. A couple minutes left. Uh, NFL football. We We like that a lot around here. Uh, your Bengals, I think, really starting to show that uh, I, I I would say one of the top three teams in the in the AFC: Buffalo, uh, Cincinnati, and Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah, wow. and Cincinnati and Buffalo are going to play uh, in a couple weeks at Cincinnati in the regular season. Buffalo clinched a playoff spot yesterday, and I was talking with some some folks yesterday about okay, so if you're Buffalo right now, you've got the number one seed, but you've already clinched you know, a spot in the playoffs. So do you play all of your guys against Cincinnati in two weeks? Yeah, because you want to play in Buffalo the whole time. Yeah, you want to be the number one seed. Yeah, so so there's certainly – The NFC, God, it just – it pains me to say this, but <laughs> it's got to – you know, the Philadelphia Eagles, they just do do anything but keep winning. Yeah, but Sam, but you've you've said for a couple of weeks Fran now – and Philadelphia. Yeah, the yeah. Philadelphia and San Francisco. But you know what's awesome, guys? The New Orleans Saints with a 36% winning percentage, one game back in the South now. One game back, Bob. Here we are. Let's make a run. It's crazy to think that Tampa Bay, as terrible as they are, 
They're still in first place in the in the conference, I think. Yeah, and it's crazy. And yeah, and, and you think that you think that the GOAT might retire after this year. I would think so. That'll never happen, man. His, I would think so. He's going to Las Vegas, man. He's going to play with McDaniels. His ego. Get ready for it. So, yeah, the South is crazy. So Tampa Bay has a one-game lead on the entire division because Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta are all 5-9. Isn't that terrible? That's terrible. That's and and I don't you know, it's it certainly is strange that this is happening. But if this were to continue to happen, you know, the league might have to go look. Kind of like bowl qualifications, you got to have a certain number of wins to get in the playoffs. Because if you got a team, whoever comes out of the NFC South, you could potentially keep a, you know a decent team like I don't know. Let's just hypothetically say the Cowboys or the Commanders or some of these teams that have much better records from even getting into the playoffs simply because they're in a different division. And that's, that's, you know, it's just not fair. It's just not fair, Bob. Yeah, I did uh, read over the weekend a poll, what's left of the commander fan base. Uh, apparently the Washington Post did a survey, and almost 80% of what's left of the fan base once the commander thing dropped. Well, they want something different. It's, let me tell you who so commanded them last pathetic. night was the referees. And as a Saints fan, I'm sympathetic. They got hosed on the McLaren not being on the line. They got hosed uh, on the last offensive play of the game with the pass interference. All right, two quotes to end the show today. Uh, again, I mentioned it in the first uh, broadcast or the first segment. A Rice defensive lineman who shall remain anonymous for this sake uh, of, of this show said this about Frank Gore Jr. after uh, the game. He's only as good as you let him think he is. Um, to which Frank Gore responded with the quote heard around the world now. Uh, in the uh, when when one of his relatives ran in to celebrate with him, Frank Gore, in the middle of an ESPN quote, said this: "Grateful, grateful for these guys out here. You know, they opened up lanes and just. Uh, I knew I knew how important this was for our team. Auntie, chill. Auntie, chill. <laughs> Great stuff. She's famous now. Yeah." All right, that wraps up the Eagle Hour. Coach Will Hall gives us uh, a year-end review tomorrow on the Eagle Hour. You only hear it here. Tune in at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.